I'm so glad you found this podcast. It's called Hearing as in Being Here Now. Yes, that was me singing. I'm a singer-songwriter, and you can find my music everywhere digitally, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find digital music, you'll find me. You can also find my music on amyloftus.com, and on amyloftus.com is a tab called Portal. So under Portal, just click on that, and you'll find lots of information on this podcast and another one that I did called Something Better. There are free downloads, there are videos, book recommendations, information on my coaching practice. There's lots to find there. So just go to amyloftus.com forward slash portal. I love hearing from you and I write back. My email is amy at amyloftus.com. I'm also on Telegram under Amy Loftus Projects and I'm on Instagram at I am Amy Loftus. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it. This is a grassroots passion project and your help means the world. Thank you for listening and hearing with me. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back or welcome to hearing. Hearing is a word I made up. It sounds to me like being here now in act, the active verb of being here now and haven't been here in a while. Haven't heard me since July. I think um, I've been having a really relaxing sort of summer. <laughs> and um, anyway, but I just felt so moved by uh, something I've learned from my friend, Michelle, who's on the line with me. Welcome, Michelle. Hi. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. And Michelle and I have known each other for many years, but recently I found out about something that she's been working on, and I'm so curious about it. So I love having conversations on on the air with the red light on so that anybody else who's interested in what she's doing or just learning about what she's doing can can participate and it has to do with citizenship right is that a way of describing it yes it does yeah that is a, that's a, a great intro because <laughs> it does have to do with that yeah it does and it's a matter of a more articulated type of citizen american citizenship correct Yes. Well, really, um, and I love how you said that because it's so, it's very common for people to say that. Um, but American and citizen are oxymoronic. They are not, you cannot be both at the same time. Wow. And that's really the heart of the issue. <laughs> so let's just start with that. So what does that mean? Because that's, of course, myself and probably everyone listening is like, what if you are born here or if you immigrated and became a citizen, you're like, what are you talking about? I'm an American citizen. Mm-hmm. So will you define what you call um, American citizenship as oxymoron? Yes. Okay, so 
Let's start back at the beginning um, when our our country was founded by our founding fathers. Of course, we know that there were people living on this landmass that we now know as America, but um, I am talking about the founding documents of our, our forefathers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the preamble of the Constitution starts out with we the people, right? It doesn't say, like, we the citizen, citizens. It doesn't say we the persons or we the individuals or we the residents. It all says, it, it starts with we the people in order to form a more perfect union, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So what was happening back in, in those times is our founding fathers were escaping a really, really egregious level of tyranny. And they declared that they were leaving that old system behind and they were beginning a new system, one that was a unique form of government run by we the people. So they did this because they, they came to an understanding that our rights are only, and I really do mean only, granted to us by our creator, right? I like to say God. Um, many people prefer the term creator, but just for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say God, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but God created mankind on the land, meaning we don't, you know, we don't swim in the ocean full time. We don't fly with our own wings full time in the air, right? Our domain is right here on land. And our constitution is the supreme law of our land, right? But something really funny happened with the founding of this country. Um, You know, we were people and we needed government contractors, right? So as part of our uh, formation of this new republic, we got into contracts with um, vendors, let's say, who would be acting as our government. We wanted roads and we wanted, you know, all sorts of things. We wanted uh, our own currency system away from the monarchy, right? We wanted to create a whole new country from scratch, (laughs) basically. And so the beginning, all of the documents supported living, breathing men and women, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, okay? But by virtue of having to go through the process of hiring and, you know, working with vendors to create the things that we needed, we, as part of our founding documents, created this constitution, and it has enumerated authorities that we grant to these government workers. However something really, really, really wrong happened. The government workers created, well, it actually started a little bit before that. So a corporation was was formed, and the corporation known as the United States, which is distinct and separate, by the way, from the United States of America, but the United States 
was was born um, by contract between our free American men and women on this land and the government workers. The the Constitution is really a contract with these enumerated authorities. What ended up happening, though, is that that contract, the, the corporation known as the United States, ended up creating citizens. And that really happened um, between the 13th and 14th Amendments when, you know, the, the 13th Amendment essentially freed the slaves. And then the 14th Amendment created this thing we know as equality. And it doesn't say this specifically in the Constitution, but if you read the outcomes, this is really what happened, right? We were taught in school that Honest Abe, you know, the first president of the United States, who was an attorney, a bar attorney, um, he created equality by giving everyone the same starting point, which is this citizen with a lowercase c. So citizens are now products of this corporation that we have always thought was just a, it was a government that was supposed to have these enumerated authorities. But what ended up happening is the government got way, way, way too big. And, and got counting. And counting, right? I mean, look at where we are today, oh, where people are practically... <laughs> you know, pra- practically having to pay for the right to breathe freely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can't buy groceries unless you meet these certain new edicts that didn't exist two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of these new corporate contracts, our founding fathers did not say anything about a public health department. That public health department is a corporate construct. With unelected officials running it. Exactly. And so therefore they cannot be held accountable by we the people. That's exactly right. Because there's two types of people. You're either one of we the people or you're one of their property pieces of property known as a, their corporate citizen. And corporate citizens are responsible for all of the country's debt. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's where we get the term, you know, taxpayer from. Also voter, right? Voters vote in politicians who are responsible. Their sole responsibility is to pass bills, legislative branch, right? They legislate. They create laws. Well, laws are bills. Remember back um, Schoolhouse Rock? (laughs) I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill, right? So. Bills are literal. <laughs> they're nothing, they're not very different from your, you know, your utility bill or your credit card bill. So politicians are very slick and they, they're the cream of the creme de la creme, so to speak, of passing these bills, right? They're the most influential orators getting their fellow politicians to agree with them. And many, many bills are passed, you know right there on the House floor and then over to the Senate and then signed into law by the president. And of course, this happens at every level of government, even in, you know, your city council. They have committees that debate things and talk about things. And then they go to city council and they say, we want this. And then the city council acts like they care about your 
their constituents, but they do whatever they want anyway. And it's usually a three to two majority. Yeah, kind of like this this week when our city council voted that all the restaurants have to close on the main street in our town. That's exactly right. Even though I hope all those business owners know that they are free to do business and that it is unconstitutional. So they could all stay open. And if I owned a restaurant, I certainly would, just like Basilico's down in Huntington Beach where we are in Southern California. But I digress. Um, I'm yeah, just going to stop Tony you. Roman. Love him. <laughs> love him. Love him. Go Shout out for to Basilicos. Um, you know, I find it so interesting. I, I listen to, a, I don't know what she is, but I'll call her a meditation teacher, um, Oracle Girl Jacqueline Hobbs. And she talks about freedom from the slave self and mm-hmm. deleting the slave self. And the institutions that support a mindset of the slave self as opposed to a fully whatever you want to call it realized being or um whole aware being and i find it so interesting that a turning point for historically in what you're talking about was centered around the 13th and 14th amendments because Mm -hmm. as we know through human trafficking slavery is still alive today and it's um being in a slavery mindset towards mandates that are illegal and um you know non uh unelected officials and ngos non-government organizations creating policy or whatever you want to call it requirements and all that stuff and people just bowing to that, which I don't bow to mm. any of that because the I only bow to God. And so immediately um, it's it's a little bit easier to see when you are unwilling to worship false idols. But that's a whole nother thing. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on that because it's so interesting to me that this is it, it feels like there's this deeper level of freedom baked Mm -hmm. into this whole uh, into understanding the nuances of our the history of our country it really is and you know you brought in a really important piece just now when you were talking about um this woman and uh, the meditation right Mm -hmm. there's something really 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 important in the in what we can't see with our eyes which is you know, first of all, there's this great deception going on, but whether or not you know that there's a great deception going on, you're still at the effect of it. And these invisible contracts that we don't even know that we're in, i.e. the citizenship program, right? It's Mm -hmm. a contract. Mm -hmm. When the parents fill out the birth certificate and it gets registered, where all other property is registered at the registrar's office, (laughs) Um, we don't think of it like we don't think of it like a slavery program. We don't, but there's a contract with, you know, your name on it sitting in a a government office or what looks like a government office and acting under color of law that you are their property and you're traded and you're traded. Yes. Right. The value of your social security number, the amount of money attached to it and all that stuff. It's it's a viable, um, commodity right it really is yes our our labor you know there are bonds out there our labor bonds 
that are traded because they are, listen, our work is valuable. What we do, it has value. And it has value whether we do something or not. By, by virtue of being created, we have value. And I'm, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, um, worth its weight in gold. Yes, I have. Well, the origins of that are that, you know, there used to be this thing called birthright. And that when, when a child was born, the local leaders would set aside the weight of that child in gold. And that gold belonged to the child. And it was up to the local trustee, you know, parents or otherwise, to, I should say mothers and fathers, <laughs> or otherwise, to properly manage and you make mean sure. You don't, you don't want to say birthing parent or chest right. eater? <laughs> 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 Sorry, so I had great. to get that in. So great. I love, I, love I love to read the bios of people who are enforcing that kind of language. I don't know if you know this, but it's like you can get you can read a tweet about enforcing that kind of language and then look at the person's bio. It'll often say mother, grandmother, sister, wife. It's like, oh, mm. that's interesting. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Digressing. <laughs> digressing. Go on. <laughs> so great well it was up to the whoever was in charge of uh, entrusting you know they were entrusted to make sure that the value of that gold was protected until the son or daughter was of the age that they could manage it themselves but why is it that today when a child is born someone doesn't usher in their weight in gold and hand it over to the mother and father right Mm -hmm. We do we do have inherent value, um, both here, a worldly dollar value um, by virtue of having been born on this on this place we call Earth, mm. this world. But we've lost sight of that because of over 160 years of deception going on with the citizenship program. So wow. so will you tell everyone the story that that you told me when we were at, at lunch. I know I talked to your ear off, so I can't remember which story, which one. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. It was the story of your, um, that moment of having, Oh per, yeah. Completed your paperwork or whatever you would call it. Yes. Okay. So, but I got to, of course, give a little bit of the context for your listening audience here. So my parents uh, were immigrants to this country. They came from a socialist country and it was their dream to become Americans. Okay. Mm -hmm. To become citizens. They thought they were one and the same. Most, you know, like most of us uh, brought up, you know, we were brought up believing that American and citizen are, are synonymous terms. Um, so when I was in my mid-30s, um, my parents, you know, went through the whole process, did all the paperwork, studied up, took the test, had the interview, like the whole thing, right? And then they had the ceremony at USC, the Coliseum. And it was so, it was like magical. I can't even tell you how awesome it was to be an eyewitness to them finally fulfilling one of their life dreams. And, um, you know, first of all, 
the stadium was packed with people, at least one entire side, right? They had the whole one side filled up. Um, and then like in the basin of the, uh, on the field, that was also packed with all of these new hopeful soon to be citizens. Um, there were dignitaries and, you know, these people in fancy suits and there were balloons and flowers. There was a band. I mean, it was just so awesome. And they, you know, uh, someone sang the star spangled banner. So I really want to set the stage that it was so special. They had, you know, outside of the gates, there were political parties that had their tables set up and they were signing up new new voters, right? Registering new voters. It was just awesome. So many people there, like probably over 10,000. Mm. And I was in the audience, my flowers for my mom. And when they called her name and she walked up there to get her naturalization certificate, I started bawling. I mean, it was so emotional for me to witness that. And I, I just knew that the future looked different for them because they had finally done this. And it was a very joyous moment. Well, when I learned that I could choose to be American and get out of, you know, I can expatriate myself away from the citizenship debt program, um, it wasn't, it wasn't any of that. There was no, you know, there was no flyover. <laughs> there was no band. There was no balloons and flowers and visitors and dignitaries, nothing like that. And it was me. It was the common law notary. Uh, they call a common law notary a recorder. And then it was my friend, Nancy. So it was just the three of us, right? And when I finally turned in everything, my, you know, my two witness statements, I had to do my birth certificate and all this stuff. When I turned everything in and I got to autograph everything and it was just the three of us, my cells went through the same experience that I experienced when I witnessed my parents becoming citizens. It was like a whole burden had been lifted off of my shoulders and it was like there was nothing going on around me outside that I could witness with my eyes that would have told anybody else what I was feeling inside but I went from being a debt slave to a free American in one moment and it was absolutely in the top three I mean I'm talking like it was at the level of my children being born you know like mm. <laughs> Or at the level of when I married the man of my dreams, right? It was like, wow, unbelievable how in a moment life could feel and be so different. Right. Yeah. And I remember you said, because I'm going to name the podcast this, you said I looked around and I felt like I am among the living. That's exactly right. I felt like I came to life. Yeah, I'm and among the living, yeah. What I find so interesting about this, because I believe there are spiritual solutions to all problems, and I believe that there is spiritual substance in everything, and so therefore everything is spiritual. And mm -hmm. and so I believe deeply that this is the symbolic paperwork version of something that's going on in this country. I'm having a hard time articulating it, but I feel like I am among the living at certain moments. 
and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm among the dead at others. And right. <laughs> not going to go into it any more than that. But I feel like that. And, um, and I feel free. I feel that I'm with other people that are also free at times. And then I feel like I am with people that are captured at other times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious about the process of what you call expatriating yourself from the debt slavery. Um, and I know others are too. And that's why I wanted to have you on. And um, so when I say we know there's human slavery uh, all, around, all over the world now through human trafficking and, and what you're saying as well, there's human slavery to the extent that American citizens are under the impression that they are free, but upon looking closer at what has actually happened, mm-hmm. they're not. And would you say that this has made way for the consciousness, the collective consciousness that I don't take part in, that is seems to be um, not free? Absolutely. I mean, you've really, really, really put the nail, you know, you've hit the nail on the head. Because at the end of the day, the, this collective consciousness, you know, people know that something is really, really, really wrong. And they can't put their finger on the source of it, right? It's like, oh, it's the, you know, whoever. It's the liberals. It's the Republicans. It's the Democrats. It's the, it's the conservatives. It's the LGBTQ. It's the, it's the black community. It's the, you know, Black Lives Matter, I mean, or, you know, whatever. It's this. It's that. It's the, te- it's the politicians, you know, mm-hmm. which, by the way, all of these things are someone's solution, to the bottom line issue that something is wrong here. Yep. And if you think about it, all of these things started out with really great intentions. There was someone who said, Oh, I know what I'm going to do to help fix this problem. I call it, this is, this is the thing. This is going to be the thing. It's like what a person does, you know, Oh, this is going to be the thing. Right. They don't want (laughs) to have to deal with the root issue. So they're like, this is going to be the thing. And it's another solution that's worse than the problem totally because there's always a loser and that's what ends up happening in a world of what we call democracy right i i grew up thinking democracy was a great word yeah (laughs) me too now it's like a signal for my kind of movement not not ours not ours it does it's not all inclusive despite the fact that they constantly drum into our heads that it, everything's inclusive and fair and equitable and all this lovely stuff you know no the fa- the fact of the matter is there's always it, that paradigm always 100% of the time creates an us versus them and yep. there's always a just a large enough majority Okay, it doesn't have to be a a huge majority. It just has to be about 51% or 50.5%. The remaining people are all the losers of that system, whatever the system is. Right, it's that polarizing. It is very polarizing. And what happened to this country when uh, the whole country was founded on the premise that we're all created equal, we all have unalienable God-given rights and i and i really do mean unalienable i think the term unalienable is a is a deception 
Um, but unalienable. You cannot lean. You cannot put a lean. As in loan. As in loan on our rights. Whoa. So Let's we have just stop with that one. Whoa. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, because right. I'm just, my eyebrows are like up in my hairline. Yeah. Because I love words. And words, I mean, the etymology, right? Words are so important. Yes. And that's why we the people is so important. Because once you once you're not one of we the people anymore and you're stuck in this paradigm called citizen, they don't teach you what that really means when you're growing up. They so, certainly don't teach your parents what that means. No, we didn't learn it. Um, what what word do you use instead? Instead of what? Citizen. Well, if someone is a citizen, then they are that. And you can't just emotionally decide to not be that anymore. You actually have to take the steps to not be that anymore, which but is just when some. You, so when you described you're among the living moment, what, mm -hmm. what are you now? Ah, I'm American. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's that divide. You're one or the other. There are a couple of synonymous terms with the term American. One of them is national, not to be confused with the term nationalist, which is a corporate fictional political ideology, much like fascist, socialist, you know, like that right. communist. Right. So nationalist is not the same as someone who is a national also, um, because I live on California, you know, on not top of this it. land, not, not in, in it. it, on no, it. it, on it, in it would be like I'm submerged, you know, in the ocean or something like that. I'm Which in is... it, but no, I'm on it. <laughs> so I'm on the land known as California. So because states have a higher authority than the federal government, um, I'm a, I'm a Californian. So, like, my new identification card says I'm a California. At the top, it says American National. But um, where it talks about my where I domicile, I'm a Californian. Wow. I just like how I feel while I'm listening to all of this. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's this part of me that is, I, I love simplifying and breaking it down and I love rational communication. I love clarification. And that's what this feels like. It just feels like that day that you explained all this to me, I felt like I had been swimming in a cool lake because my mm. town and my state is unrecognizable to me. And I voted for someone and I cannot wait to vote to have him recalled. <laughs> I know that people like you that really focus on solution are like, Oh, I don't even deal with any of that. But it's like all this stuff has just, it just feel, I just feel like I'm just clearing a path through what has become mm -hmm. such a, a confusing and murky area, or I'm just cleaning a windshield and um, I'm eager to learn more. And I'm also eager to uh, just, sort of give people this glimpse and then open the door for them. Are they able to contact you? Well, well, I know you teach your class. I'm taking it. 
uh, soon. So could, could you give um, info about your class or do you want me to just include it in the show notes? Yeah, both. I, I'd like to tell people and if you don't mind putting them in the show notes, that would be great. Happy so. To. And by the way, this isn't just happening on California. So at a, it's also happening at the national level. Um, but let's start here on California. So uh, there's the California landing page. And the website address is https colon slash slash californiaassembly.com. And the reason I have to do that HTTPS business is because we've been being censored. And mm. so... Uh, when people just type in California Assembly, uh, it, it sends them over to the de facto government um, that we are, the corporate government that we see with our eyes right now. Mm. So it's necessary to put in the HTTPS colon slash slash. And then you'll see right there on the landing page on the right hand side under events, you'll see um, a whole host of upcoming things that are that are coming up. And every Thursday morning. At 9 a.m. Pacific, I teach a very basic common law 101 course. I call it the real politically correct. Um, mm. And it's on Zoom. The link is there. And I just want to tell your audience the, that. The link is under events on uh, California Assembly. Uh-huh. Okay, great. And and the events just kind of scroll up to the top as um, time goes by and the minute nine o'clock hits, the link disappears. <laughs> so I always tell people try to join early because the link will disappear the moment the course starts, which I think is stupid, but it's just how the site works. It um, inspires people to be on time. That's for sure. And I always try to uh, play a different playlist um, in the waiting room so people can hear inspiring songs about America and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, because really, I know that the country that people believe that they're in, right, the, the, the America that they thought they were a part of, people want that back. Yeah. And I, I don't. Know. Yeah. And I'm not talking in really in a political sense. I'm talking about because we still have tens of thousands of people that become citizens every day in searching for that American dream. It's not called the American dream for nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it would otherwise be called the citizen dream, but no, it's not. It's called the American dream because people want to be American and between their ears, they're American, but on paper, they're citizen. So we want to help people to get out of the citizen program and back into the world of the American dream because it is possible. Mm -hmm. And not only is it possible, but we're at the stage where we're advancing so quickly, getting enough people properly status corrected so that their minds about being American and the contracts are aligned for the first time in 160 years. That is exactly it. Mm -hmm. That is it. Wow. Michelle Ford, you know I adore you. <laughs> oh, the feelings are mutual, my beautiful friend. Yes. Thank you so much for your time today. I know it's very valuable. I know you're working a lot and doing a lot. And I'm so glad to introduce you to the listeners. And I'm so grateful for this chance. I just I just love hearing about this. And I'm definitely interested. I can't wait to take your class. I'll be there this Thursday. And I also just want to share from my heart because 
and in my core, I'm a songwriter and the world lost one of its brightest songwriting lights, Nancy Griffith. And I want to inspire everyone to go listen to her version of From a Distance, which Bette Bette Midler recorded. Maybe you want to listen to Bette Midler's, but there's something so pure about Nancy Griffith's version of From a Distance. Do you know that song, Michelle? I do, but I didn't know that Nancy Griffith did that. She wrote that song. Yeah. Wow. I sing that all the time. Do you know that I used to, in the beginning of people c- covering their faces and everything, I went like outside and I just started to like, it started to hurt my heart. And I used to um, sing that at my kitchen window <laughs> when people were walking by because I just felt like this is so bad. Like it was splitting <laughs> up the whole neighborhood, you know? And I'd be like, oh. from a distance, you look like my friend, even though we are at war, which I believe we are, sadly. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that and inspire people to listen to that song. Music heals. Music is one of the answers to what's happening right now. And um, once again, thank you, Michelle. Thanks for being here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I'm going to have to add that song to my the waiting room um, as people join my Thursday class. You just gave me the chills with your incredible voice. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yes, yeah. please do add it. We'll all hear it on thir- this Thursday at 9 when we take your class. <laughs> awesome. And it's a free class. Did I mention there's no oh, charge? that's important. Yeah. yeah, it's free. Hey, that's awesome. All right, Michelle, well, stay on the line so we can chat off with the red light off. (laughs) Okay, sounds great. But I'm going to cut out here, and thanks again. Thank you. We are home when we're together. I am home when I'm with you. That's a feeling that you just can't fake when you know the truth. 